Hi, I'm Terry, Instagram's sassy sober mum. Welcome to my podcast, Sober Stories from Everyday People, bringing you stories from people just like you and I. The aim of this podcast is to share our experiences with drinking and how we got and stayed successfully sober. know that you can now get access to more of my content education support and guidance in the new thrive community platform thrive is a place to connect with like-minded individuals who are all on the journey of living alcohol free you can gain access to materials and a video library of toolkit ideas which will help keep you grounded as well as boost your emotional sobriety It's a place to celebrate milestones, big or small, and connect with me directly via weekly lives and a weekly Q&A session in Zoom. No matter where you are in your quest to live a happy, free and sober life, there is plenty to gain from Thrive. Membership is just £20 a month and none of the internal tools are gated, so you won't be asked to pay more for courses and tools once you're in there. Please head over to www.sassysobermum.com slash thrive or click the link in my Insta bio. Look forward to seeing you. Hello and welcome to this episode of Sober Stories from Everyday People. Today I am delighted to have George from Brighton in Sussex and he's been sober for seven months. So thank you so much, George, for coming on. No, it's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited to get into the story. So um, why don't we just jump straight in? Tell me about your life with alcohol. Yeah, so I've, I've been, I've always been a heavy drinker, um, you know, mainly, you know, on, on nights out, you know, growing up and just just having fun, you know, just, I remember friends used to say to me, oh, why can't we just pop out for one? I'm like, well, we, we, we can't just pop out for one. What is that? Yeah. And I could never understand how people would just come out for one beer and then go. For me, it was one beer and then two, then three. And then, I mean, I'd be there by the morning, you know, I'm just gone, <laughs> you know. Um, and I, I didn't understand it. And for me, that was just always normal. You know, mm. that's just the way it was. But as I've grown up, um, you know, just being around people, you know, s- learning that actually that's that's probably not the way to be, but equally not ready to accept that that's, and not not an appropriate way to behave, you know. Mm. But I think where it became a problem for me is I'm very busy. I run a company. I'm a you know highly you know functioning individual. You know I look after many people, and you know I do quite well uh, from a career perspective. Um, but in order to deal with the stresses of life, um, family, um, and career, you know I would just look forward to the end of the day where I could have a beer. Um, or a glass of wine or two and then what would happen is in order to deal with life every night I would just be getting drunk you know I'd pass out on the sofa um, you know wake up in the morning you know probably 2am first of all I've read about this kind of 2am you know wake up and you know whatever but wake up in the morning with a hangover um, you know pop some pills you know as in you know paracetamol ibuprofen you know that combo always used to help me and then just get on with it um, and then just go through this kind of rinse and repeat every day, um, which 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 isn't great. Now, 
I'm obviously I'm, I'm married. I've got children. Um, my wife would, you know, constantly question me about my drinking, which I'd get frustrated about. And I say, look, you know, this is uh, this is just the way it is. You know, I'm just dealing with things. Everybody does it. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was causing friction. And then because it caused friction, I would start to hide the drink. You know, I'd hide the drink in the bathroom. I'd hide it in my bags. I'd hide it in the cupboard where she can't reach. I'd hide it in the car. Um, I'd hide it behind the hedge in the garden. Uh, I'd hide it, you know, we had uh, like a, a water tank in the bottom of the garden, you know, which I just fill with bottles and cans of, of booze, you know. And yeah. my kids sometimes would look out the window and see me walking down to the end of the garden to drop booze in there, you know, and uh, which is heartbreaking, right, yeah. to see their the dad doing that. Um, but again, just refused to give up. I needed it. It was it was not fair that everyone else could go and drink, but I couldn't. So I just continued. And then what happened seven months ago? Uh, my wife and I we went to a wedding, and it was actually on our anniversary as well. Um, and she pleaded with me to behave and you know not 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 be be crazy, you know, as as, as happens. You know, which you know I said I would, and you know I'd be great. But but the reality was I had a beer two beers and then I'd sneak off to get another one which she wasn't looking and I'd buy two at a time three at a time you know I'd go into the bathroom and drink just down them and then there's as much wine as you can drink around dinner and I just mm. got so drunk we ended up arguing in front of everyone um and you know she went she went home she stormed off she went home she left me to it so I just carried on and then a few hours later she tracked me on the my phone and she 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 came back out to try and find me, and I was lying by the side of the road. I'd broken my leg. Oh my um, god! So she had to kind of pick me up, get me in the car, get me off to hospital. Um, and you know, she was obviously very cross with me. But you know, and I woke up the next day in hospital. I had no idea what had happened the night before. I had no idea why she was cross with me. I was like, why is my leg? broken oh. and I still don't know to this day how I've done it um but that was your kind of that was your wake up call that was the moment that said this has got to change um so since then I've just stopped I've stopped um so it's been seven months uh I've still recovering from the leg injury um but yeah I'm, I'm trying to rebuild my life at the moment and it's it's, it's, it's difficult um, I still see other people drinking. You know, my daughter's just turned eighteen, and she's going to the pub. And um, but yeah, I'm I'm getting there. But you you know, yeah, there you go. Oh God, so George, right? That story is so sad. Like that breaking your leg and not knowing. You must, yeah, I, and then not having any memory of it. That that's the horrible thing, isn't it? Of that kind of blackout drinking, uh, which. Yeah, I mean, I didn't break my leg, but I certainly blacked out probably every week, actually. And that's quite frightening when you lose those chunks of your memory, isn't it? It's horrible. It's funny. And when you grow up, it's just it's just fun. And, you you know, it's kind of a thing. And my parents drank and, you know, they, they never they never criticised me for it. I was never pulled up for it. You know, I remember yeah. as a 17, 18-year-old coming home and, you know, I've been on a day drinking with some mates. Uh, and I'd always go further than everyone else. I'd always be the one say get the beers in get the beers in come on um and I remember coming home and my mum saying you know have you been drinking I'd be like no uh really trying to act overcompensate by acting sober and I'd open the fridge door I opened the fridge door and I just collapsed into the fridge 
you know, and just it went everywhere. And uh, yeah. so I've always had it. It was just never a problem. Do you know what I mean? Oh, completely. Yeah, completely. And I, and I think that's something that I think um, right now, choosing sobriety today, I just feel like it's so much more open in that we can have those conversations about the fact that we shouldn't feel all the shame that we feel being big drinkers because it was so bloody normal it was <laughs> you know, normal you so normalized you get yeah. drunk i mean my whole family were, were like it and no yeah. doubt we're alcoholics as well mm. um and that's a big thing to say actually i don't say that a lot but it's nice to say it to you that i am an alcoholic it's just mm. that's just how it is and i've accepted that yeah but i remember you know christmas cousins coming over everyone drinking getting smashed you know mm. my cousins falling down the driveway over the fence and that was just life you know um but it's not it's not cool um and I think just what you said there you know with 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 accounts like yours it's helped me so much because whereas you know it'd be like I'll go to AA which never Mm -hmm. worked for me um I I never felt it was the right fit and you know but that's kind of the option you go to AA you you talk about a lot of all these steps and religion and you sit around with people and share your stories and it just it never felt right for me. It still felt like a dirty secret mm. going to AA. Whereas I think with what you guys do and some other people, like Sober Dave, who I think is fantastic, yeah. as you talk about these things, it's like, ah, yeah, I did that. Okay, well, this is me. So it's not just me that does it. Actually, there's there's normal people out there, successful people, who who, who are just the same as me. Yeah. So I don't feel as ashamed by it anymore. And I'm yeah. quite happy. I wouldn't have been able to do this a few months ago talk to you about it because I've accepted it and I've accepted that you know this happens to people you know and it's just like anything else and there's a group of us who all go through the same thing and it's just very reassuring to see the journeys that other people have been on honestly I think it's so powerful I I agree completely and that is the, the main reason why um this podcast you know, is alive today because I, I know as well for me when I stopped drinking uh, three and a half years ago, I felt a lot of shame. I was the only one that was, get, you know, was trying to live sober in my whole group. Um, everybody that I told I was stopping drinking and for the, re- you know, they just sort of look at me, frown. They just didn't get it. They couldn't understand why, why I would step off the, you know, why would you not have all that fun, Terry? I know. <laughs> um, well, that, I mean, obviously now I've learned that, yeah, well, there's just so much social conditioning around alcohol. You know, it is the acceptable drug to take and everybody takes it. Well, pretty much everybody yeah. takes it or a lot, you know, all different walks of society and from the very top in careers to, you know, just it's everywhere. And so, you know, I do understand that there is this narrative where we want to protect this thing, this drug, we need to protect it, which means we don't understand why you over there, George, why would you get sober? Tell me, why would you get sober? You know, you're the weird one, but we're, actually when you go through the process like you're doing of you know removing alcohol you just you start to see it so differently you start to see that there is just too much cost for what you're getting out of it and at the end the scales don't the scales don't wait you know they don't even up and um you're right when you're in that journey when you when you're drinking um you can't see the wood for the trees you really can't and it's kind of like well why would you do it and you, you have to step out of it and it is incredibly difficult mm. um you know you you i'm starting now to transition 
from looking forward to a Friday or looking forward to going out for dinner or looking forward to a night away or whatever, purely because I can drink, you know, um, and that would always be the focus. It would, and we went away that my wife and I a few weeks ago, and it was the first time I can honestly say in my life that I've been away and not had this kind of overwhelming urge to drink. And that hasn't been the sole motivation as to why I want to go away. Mm-hmm. I've started to think about, and this is a really kind of enlightening thing for me, is to think about, well, actually, the hotel will be nice, yeah. or the food might be nice, or it'd be mm-hmm. nice to spend some time together and have a conversation or read a book, all this yeah. stuff, you know, which yeah. we've just forgotten about. And yeah. actually, the, the, it's, it's so much better, isn't it? it really is and I think that as a drinker we it's not even like we undervalue all the simple things we simply have no room for it we only have room for drinking and getting wrecked that's it and so all the simple things like you just mentioned there you know and that and that's sort of what I want to try and focus on in, in the next um four or five weeks with obviously the Christmas period coming, you know, lots of people feeling anxiety about Christmas. Yeah. Um, but it, it's the same, what you're talking about there, the same model applies. Actually, you know, getting through your first sober Christmas or having a alcohol-free Christmas, uh, for me, it would be my third this year and I cannot wait. I'm super excited. I'm super excited. But it's the same thing. It's about noticing and appreciating all of the sort of small pleasures. Just waking up on the day and not being hanging is like a gift in itself, <laughs> you know, because I was always wrecked on Christmas Eve and just, it was just another hungover day for me, Christmas. So not having all of that to contend with and then just, you know, being able to have that nice cup of coffee and enjoy a nice breakfast and, you know, watch your children open their presents or, you know, catch up with your family and watch some of the silly telly and just all those little bits in the day. I, I think they're, they're mini gifts that happen throughout the day. And I, I would like to try and focus a little bit on that in the coming weeks so to get people into that mindset, because I think there is fear sometimes of, of these sorts of events, but it's lovely to hear that you, you know, I, I really appreciate when you say, I can't believe that you almost feel at this age for me, I'm 45 at Christmas. And I swear to God, I only properly started to enjoy simple things in my life in my 40s. It's mad. <laughs> yeah, mad, isn't it? And I uh, just uh, just a couple of things, you know, one, honestly, and I, I say this to people who are, tr- are trying to give up, you know, six, seven months ago, if I'd have heard you say that, focus on the simple things, you know, watch the <laughs> telly, I'd have just thought, oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I, because I've been through that now, and I, I, I finally feel, you know, um, I, I can, I can actually say, yeah, you know what, I, I get that, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't need a drink to enjoy that, and that's kind of key. One more thing, uh, I've, I've just been away on a business trip abroad, um, and whenever I go on these trips, I would always wake up hanging. Um, I'd journey back whether it's a train or a plane. I'd be feeling like absolute death, worried about um, the impact that my actions have had on business relationships, personal relationships. I'd get home to a very unhappy wife, you know, because I've been gone off radar completely um, and just feeling so ill, you know, mm-hmm. just so ill coming home. Yeah. And for the first time, honestly, I've, I've done it and I've come back and I've just felt fantastic, you know, no regrets, no, what did I do? You know, no, have I affected that relationship? Come home, the wife is fine. 
Yeah. And that's epic. I cannot, I, you, you probably can relate to that. But for I me, really I just sat yeah. there thinking, wow, you know, I'm, I'm not ill. You know, this yes. is unbelievable. So, yeah. You know, it's so, yeah, it's so, so true. It makes me shudder a bit when uh, I listen to yeah. that because I let myself down in almost every work situation that I drank in. I, I, I just, I just did. <laughs> and, yes. it, and, it, and it's horrible. And it, and it also, I think that we, you know, we talk a lot about the shame and all of that and the bad behavior and the bad decisions. But just waking up with a hangover and feeling ill, like you say, it's just horrible. That just on its own is horrible enough, isn't it? Um, and it's 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 funny because I think that's what the saying, you know, sobriety is the gift that keeps on giving. Because I still wake up at certain, maybe not every single day now, but certainly on the weekends. And I think the whole kind of sober Saturday, sober Sunday thing, I still wake up at the weekend. And one of the thir- first thoughts that pops into my head is like oh god thank god I just feel so well and I feel great you know it just doesn't go and I'm you know you think that you're several months in and I'm sort of over three years in and it's like that gratitude (laughs) like that appreciation never goes away and I just think that's really nice like you don't get bored of that feeling you know what I mean it's 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 really lovely it's true and I, I just go back to what I said you know these these things are things I've felt I'm the only person in the world that feels like this, you know, but yeah. seeing all these Instagram posts about waking up good or, you know, someone, I don't know if it's you or someone else talking about waking up at 2am. I thought I've, I always woke up at 2am. Well, that's mental. Yeah. So that's a thing. That's what people yes. do. Hiding, you know, hiding booze and, uh, you know, all this stuff is, um, again, it's, it's nice to know without meaning to labor the point that so many other people out there yeah. feel the same. Uh, yes. and are going through it and uh and again you know just being able to talk about it uh, you know even a year ago six months ago i wouldn't have been able to do it you know mm. but I, i'm now aware that there are so many people out there that share this issue um yeah but yeah not- and that's remarkable isn't it as well like if you think about how long you can drink for so i don't know about you but i drank for 27 years which always blows my mind I smoked for 25 as well and that blows my mind um but to think that within only seven months as well like what a turnaround like you've completely changed your mindset around that do you know what I mean and that's really remarkable I think that you can do that in you know it doesn't it's not like you have to take five years to get to where you are like you've got to where you are in a matter of months and the message there is almost for people listening to this that are kind of in that sober curious space, that bit before jumping into a a life without alcohol is actually, if you could just take three or six months out of your life just to try it, which is such a tiny speck on the timeline of your life, hopefully, what do you think that could bring you? Like, I just find it amazing that people that are obviously, you know, you're obviously a big drinker and, you know, that was your way of life for a long time. And yet in six or seven months, you've just transformed your With, your life. You're right. And I think it's, it, it hasn't been easy. It's very much like quicksand at the moment. And, uh, you know, it felt, to use an analogy, you know, that a few months in, I'd, I'd swum 75% of the English Channel um, and I was just, right, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to turn around and swim back. You know what I mean? But the reality yeah. was I was very nearly at the other end, you know, and I've just had to keep going. And the last 25% has been, you know, incredibly difficult. But, you know, I do feel better. I'm certainly not cured or, or healed. I'm not sure what the future looks like, but I don't crave booze. I can be around people 
um, and not want it. I can be around people and not feel hard done by that I'm the only one that can't enjoy it. You yeah. know, but as a character, I feel more positive. Um, I've lost weight. You know, I probably lost a stone and a half. You know, which is is great. You know, I feel I feel healthier. I look healthier. Um, so you know, it, it's, it's only been positive for me. Um, but it, you know, you've got to persevere with it. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. You have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. <laughs> so they <Yeah>. say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So talk to me about. Um, what did you do? What sorts of things did you do to support yourself in that, say, first 100 days or so? What did I do? Okay, so I, I initially I substituted um, uh, alcoholic beer for non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, come 5 o'clock, 5.30, when my day was coming to an end, I still had that itch. Um, so I'd have a, a non-alcoholic beer. Uh, so initially that that really helped me actually um and i had some discussions with my wife you know she she didn't agree with me doing that um because she felt that it was still still showing i had a need for it yeah. you know but which i understand but i, I needed that otherwise I, I i don't know i i would have struggled um to do that and then i then had to give that up because i felt that you know i, I really want to distance myself from the need for that for a beer full stop um yeah. So I stopped that and I just started to maybe have a, a lemonade, you know, at the end of the day um, and like, transitioned off it, you know, gradually. So that that was helpful. Um, but I think apart from that, um, just kept myself busier. You know, I found, you know, with work, I managed to throw myself in there far more. But for the first time in my life, I had an overwhelming determination to do this. Mm. Um, and I've heard this said many a time you know, that you have to do it for yourself. Um, I have tried to give up before, but it's because I've been told to, um, mm. because, you know, my wife is fed up with me or whatever. And it just, yeah. it, I've never agreed with it. I've been, why well, don't think that's fair? You know, why mm. should I give up? You know, that's not fair. My friends drink and da 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 But for this time, I just, I got to a point where I just, I wanted to stop. I wanted to make a change. This was only going to go one way. Um, so without that determination, um, and again, you know, without people like you guys and, you know, the, the stuff you do, which is so important, it really is, um, you know, I, I would have struggled as well. So, um, yeah. Oh, it's, it's such a lovely um, feeling knowing that you can give back and help. And, and that might be something that you do, you know, you never know, you know, well, you are doing that now being here and just sharing your story. I mean, you won't believe how many people will get so much from, being able to relate to your story and I think I think that's that is very healing when you can resonate with what somebody's saying and it and it's saying all the darkness that you might have felt or lived through to be able to hear that from somebody else and like you say know that you're not on your own I mean one of the things that this um all of this focus has shown me is that there are so many people out there that are going through the same stuff and normal just, people yeah normal exactly people. this is the thing it's not you know someone on a bench or, or whatever yeah. it's, it's there's normal people there's a stigma yeah. attached to this um that needs to change and it is just it's normal people it's just like any other disability or illness or whatever it is something that you know a lot of normal people suffer from um, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you can also, you know, I think, I think, uh, you know, you, you have to have appreciation for the fact that alcohol is highly addictive, you know, so it's not, it's not to be like a victim of, you know, oh, you know, poor me, I got alcohol got me in its claws kind of thing but let's not let's not forget that alcohol is very addictive it's designed to be addictive so it's it's normal for people to get hooked on it or to rely on it or to get addicted to it or to be emotionally dependent on it whatever that's that's what alcohol does it's like smoking it's like you can't tell somebody smoke 100 bags and then you know then don't get addicted it's 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 that's the way that it works that's that's the science behind it so I think that um, what's really nice about today and getting sober today is there are lots more avenues to living an alcohol-free life. Like you say, there's obviously traditionally there's the AA model, which works for some, but um, doesn't work for everybody. It wasn't something I was drawn to and um, and that's okay. So to be able to do it in a way that is fitting in with your values and how you want to approach it I, I just and and then to be that for that to be validated I think that's really lovely um you do you do wonder I mean I, I think about it a lot you know growing up everyone smoked um you go back 20 years 30 years smoking was just a thing you know and mm-hmm. now it's becoming more and more of a taboo um yeah. I do you do wonder um whether alcohol will go that way as well as more yeah. and more people wake up to it um you know i see even my daughter's friends who are, who are 18 when i was that age you know we were all hammered all the time yeah. you know Same. let's be honest you know it was yeah. it, that was just that was a thing that was the culture but now you know they seem to be address, you know approaching it differently that's what mm-hmm. i see so I, I wonder you know what will happen in 20 30 years with alcohol yeah, I, I thought about that too. And I agree with you. I, I do think that alcohol will get its smoking moment, if, if you know what I mean. I think there are there are more and more people choosing to live without alcohol. Um, you know, even people that don't have the sort of rock bottoms or aren't, you know, aren't maybe at the sort of drinking and hiding drinking level. They just might be drinking once or twice a week. And that is just making them feel rubbish. And then so they're taking that away. And I think that's phenomenal. You know, that's a real shift. I mean, giving up alcohol was just purely for alcoholics, you know, 20 odd years ago. Now you can do it for health reasons or you can do it just because you want to live a better life or, you know, you can have all these other types of reasons and that's becoming okay. And I think that's so lovely. Um, And I do think that I do wonder because obviously I've got I've got three daughters that are all have you yeah Yeah. (laughs) go gang Um, are all under 10 at the moment so mine are a bit younger than yours but I do wonder what will the world be like you know I I hope deep in my heart I hope that um that that alcohol you know the society and the culture has really shifted by then and I think it will and like you've noticed with your daughter and daughter's friends um I do think that there is more of a focus on health the more education we get I think the better we get at that and that's one of the things that I always feel passionate about is just trying to get some more of the education out there because I think that's what was really lacking in our era, if you like. It was just, you know, watch your parents, get wrecked, um, go out with your friends, get wrecked, laugh it all off, break your leg, laugh it all off kind of thing. Um, and, you know, and that and that was that. But, you know, if if we were sat down and told at 
um i don't know 20 oh yeah you can drink alcohol but actually here's a list of the things that it you know will happen to you or here's a list of the implications to your health and here's how it is connected to cancer and here's how it is you know would you would you drink like i i don't know i don't know i mean i think that we unfortunately that bit's been missing is what i'm trying to say so we've kind of blindly gone into this culture of drinking and we've never really considered how it's impacting our brain and our mental health and our health so i think that um kind of interest in health comes with a bit of life experience and age doesn't it and uh, i'm not sure if if i'd have known that at 20 it would have would have changed me too much but i i think you know um people are just very different and uh you know there are so many people out there that can enjoy a few beers um and just be fine with it and i've I've never been able to do that once i've yeah. had half a beer and that's it it's a slippery slope it's like a it's like a pringle you know you just you just can't stop and uh and and i'm off and you know i wake up on brighton beach in the morning surrounded by you know god knows what and you know it's just yeah that's always been me unfortunately yeah. Whether it's a Friday or a Tuesday, it doesn't just, matter. Yeah. Exactly right. Nothing else matters. And uh, no more sick days, no more cancelling meetings, no more yeah. popping painkillers left, right, and centre. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. And that's also a positive knock on effect. I mean, you know, not uh, taking paracetamol and ibuprofen every week, that's also not got to be very good for your liver and your health overall. I even have to hide those, you know, because yeah. I'm taking too many painkillers. So hide, hide the painkiller packets to hide the fact that I've been drinking, to hide oh, the fact God. that I've got a hangover. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I know. It's funny, isn't it? And once you see it as well, so once you see that behavior and you have that sort of shifting clarity, it just it just feels like utter madness. Oh, it's embarrassing. It? That's what when it is. Know. I look back and I think, God, you know, that was me. But it just, it just makes me laugh, you know, when you, when you see people talk, talking about it and just the relatability of what everyone's been through, whether it's hiding booze in the toilet or whatever, you know, it's just, you know, I lived through that, all of it. And yeah. So what was the hardest part for you, do you think, in all of that? What was the bit that you found the most tricky um, in getting well, sober? I think just accepting I've got a problem, really. I was, you know, just – and I said earlier in the, the, the conversation, you know, I'm an alcoholic. Say it again. Wow. You know, that's quite a thing to say. It is. But I would never admit that. You know, even to myself, you know, my wife would say, you've got to, you've got to admit this. And she's been great. You know, she's been supportive through this whole thing. Obviously she's put up with me. I mean, God knows how she's done it. Um, Cause half of it, I can't remember. So I don't even know what she's had to put up with. That's the truth. Um, but I, I can imagine it's, it's, it's been horrendous, but she would say, you've got to accept there's a problem. I was like, no, I've not got a problem. I just, I just got to stop it. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to accept that. So yeah, I think just coming to a point, that kind of eureka moment where, you know, I think, yeah, look, I've got a problem here. Um, that, that's been the hardest bit. Um, yeah. 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 And it's, you know, it takes a lot of courage and guts to say that as well. Oh. So, yeah, it does. Yeah. But it's, it's quite emotional when you say it and you kind of accept it. Is, it's almost like a relief. Yeah. It really is. It's like you say it and it's kind of like, oh, okay then. Right, that's yeah. it. It's, it's almost like like your internal world is going, oh, God, thank God for that. Right, let's move God, on. you know it <laughs> at last. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Yeah. And has it, has, has it, has it transfa- transformed your relationship? 
it definitely has. I think where it's where it's transformed is I'm I'm a lot calmer. You know, I used to be much more volatile, less patient. Um, I'm, I'm I'm definitely calmer with with the kids. You know, I'm, I'm much better around them because um, they're they're hard work. I'll tell you, you know that they're hard work. Um, <laughs> I don't. I always hope they're just going to get easier with age. But that well, I've is... got a five year old, a ten year old, and an eighteen year old. So I've right. got all sorts. You know, a whole blend of uh, of problems and and fun. You know, all into one. But you know, a lot more patient with them. Um, you know, certainly have more time for my wife. Um, and you know, uh, the relationship we have is growing all the time. You know, um, oh, that's lovely. She's been through a lot. As I say, she went through an awful lot for many years with me hiding things, blackout on the sofa, snoring, you know, just awful. Um, but you, sorry, the question was the impact on the relationship. That's what you said. Yeah. So, yeah. On all your relationships, I suppose. I think not having to hide things is amazing. You know, not having to worry. Oh, she said, I'm just going to get something out of your car. I'm thinking, no, don't yeah. go to my car because yeah. it's full of booze, oh, you know, no. yeah. and not having to worry about that. So, okay, that's cool. Um, you know, she, she can pick up my phone and uh, I've not got any drunken conversations on there or whatever, you know, and that's nice. So just complete transparency between us is incredible. Um, and yeah, just look, just being a more positive individual, not, not lying all the time. Um, definitely has, has, has helped us, um, Otherwise, we wouldn't be together now, I'll tell you. Yeah. It's, it's quite mad, isn't it? Because it sort of makes you think, um, how did I have time in my life for all that behaviour? Well, how did I have time for life with all that behaviour? Yeah. It's kind of what it is, because that's all that mattered. Nothing else mattered. Um, but, yeah, it's. Uh, I think I stopped before it was too late, really. Yeah, I know. And that's the main thing, isn't it? And that's like, thank goodness you're here really in this yeah. that you're in um so what would you say i mean aside because obviously you talked about a few positives there but what's been for you personally the biggest gain in not drinking um i've got to be honest just the fact that my family's together is is, is huge you know because we wouldn't be you know we were we were done um, and you know, um, just to be able to kind of say that and, and think that you know my kids can grow up and hopefully be proud of me instead of you know watching their dad stumbling down to the garden, you know, with the dropping bottles in the the water tank. Um, you know, that's that's absolutely massive, and you know, I, I do feel emotional about that. Mm. Um, you know, I think work has improved. I have a very very busy, hectic life. Um, and it's helped me to cope with that much better and help my decision making um, and help to help to drive that forwards too. Um, so I think, yeah, just making sure that what I had wasn't gone and actually building on it um, has been absolutely huge. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that's, that's, that's tough. I, th- I think there, there are things from my drinking, uh, especially when I was a single mom and I had my young kids at home and I was, you know, just drinking to cope in the evenings and made bad decisions and bad choices. And sometimes when I l- used to look back at that behavior, I used to just feel emotional and shame, like a lot of shame. And I thought I would never 
ever get rid of that and I thought I would never process that shame well that um, sense of shame is something I'm, I'm, I think about and um you know is is it still scares me you know when it comes up because that was horrible and it would go on for days this shame this worry this this what have I done who have I upset you know because you know you've been an idiot deep down you know you might not know what you've done but you know you've been an idiot um and that that's 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 that was one of the very worst things about the whole drinking Mm. for me is that that shame just awful awful yeah well it really damages as well that shame really really damages your relationship with yourself I I found and yeah yeah, and I just found I, I it was impossible for me to appreciate myself when I was in that on that ferris wheel of drinking and just making bad choices all the time um and I think when I I don't know what it was wasn't um probably in the first year of not drinking but I think definitely in year two I started to build a bit of compassion towards myself when I looked back on some of those more shameful behaviors and I started to be able to separate who I was back then who was just trying to cope with life and a bit lost and you know had my problems whatever they were and who I am now who's doing everything I can to live you know a life with authenticity and just being kind and all of these other things. And I realized that the two people were very different and that helped me to process a lot of that. Cause I would look back and think, do you know what? I just feel sorry for myself when I look back at that version of myself now, you know, I don't hate that version of myself anymore. I just feel sadness for her. Cause I just think, God, you poor thing. Like you obviously just were, just were in, was in a bad place really yeah. um and so that but i i do think that comes in time that's you know well, and you, you say that about pride and I, I made i did write down some things you know before the call and pride in myself was one that you know was there and um you're absolutely right you know a sense of kind of appreciation for yourself um is not something i've had for a long time you know mm. despite being relatively you know, doing okay, you know, with, with, with things throughout the life. I've always had this nagging sense of shame. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, pride, certainly pride in myself and what, what going through and anyone else who's going through it, you know, just complete respect and admiration because it is incredibly difficult. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nice to feel good. Oh, isn't it? It mm. really is. It makes me feel a bit emotional, to be honest. I don't know why, but just because oh, I just, mean, yeah. yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I feel a bit emotional, but because I just think it's so, it's, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Until, like you say, until you get to this place where you explore this new world and try to build this new version of yourself and, and build yourself up, you just don't realize like how good it can feel just to like you say do the simple things like wake up be there for your family talk to your partner remember conversations be able to drive (laughs) i mean you know we'd sit there my wife and i and um you know we'd watch a show on netflix as as you do you know when you've got young kids and you know you 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 don't go out much (laughs) and uh and then i'd say the next week let's put this on she's gonna be watching last week no idea no yeah. idea that we've already watched it. Can't yeah. remember. You know, oh, it's it's not a nice person to be with, is it? Yeah, you can understand um, and really appreciate how challenging that must have been for your wife. Um, and say, same for me. I can look back and appreciate how difficult 
my behavior would have been when I was drinking and just that it's just disappointing isn't it it's that disappointment that disappointment of people feeling you but you but then you feel it so much in yourself as well and so to sort of be free from that it does wonders I think just for your self-worth and yeah just just feeling good about yourself which like you say and I really resonate with what you were saying um that that's a feeling I don't I can't remember the last time I felt good about myself before this sort of being sober period I I just didn't feel good about myself ever maybe as a kid I don't know yeah what I was going to say I think for me probably growing up you know very fond memories of growing up pre-drinking you know and you know I'd go out and have fun and socialize you know I'd have a great time I was all right you know got on with everyone and you know lots of fun and then drinking came in and that very quickly became the priority for me um but yeah probably then really yeah it's mad isn't it Mm. so mad yeah um oh it's so brilliant to talk to you I could talk to you all day um what would be your top three tips for people listening to this today in terms of um exploring sobriety or staying staying sober well that's a really tough question um because it's it's not an easy thing to do um I think you've just got to do it Really, you've got to believe that you can do it and you've just got to do it and you've got to know that it's going to be difficult at first and you're going to be grumpy and you're going to be aggy and you're going to, every, everyone's going to be, you know, wrong and, uh, you know, but you've just got to do it. Um, after that, you know, perseverance is, is absolutely key. So once you kind of made that decision to do it, just just don't give up. There will be hard times, you know, you know whether I've, I've had to eat more sweets than I usually do, or uh, you know, if I've had to have a you know a, a, an alcohol-free beer initially or Sprite, you know, th- these things these these things help, you know, and um, you know uh, help you get over certain certain points. But I found, you know, what what would happen is I'd want a beer at five or six o'clock, but if I managed to get through that without doing it, then come eight o'clock, I was I was okay, you know, and yeah. I didn't crave it anymore because it was linked to specific times a day for me. Yes. Um, so just kind of power through it. And then thirdly, really, just don't be ashamed of it, I think is is absolutely something I've learned because I've always been ashamed of it. I've seen it as like a dirty secret. You know, I've, I've, I've seen people who are alcoholics kind of, you know, be in the corner, you know what I mean? Um, but now it's something that there are so many people out there that are going through this. Mm. It is normal. It is normal. Talk to people about it, you know, and if AA is not for you, then that's fine. You know, um, there are many other options out there like yourself, you know, people who are inspirational that help you go through these things, that help you kind of not beat yourself up, that you're going through this. And what's, what that's done, I'm sorry to go on, is it, it means that, you know, I can say to people when I go out, I don't drink. Mm. you know and I'm fine with that I don't drink and that's okay oh no I can't drink because you know what if I drink, if I've got one I'm off that's it I'm yeah. gone you know and you won't see me for a week and no one wants that so accept it don't be ashamed of it um and you will feel a lot better um once you get through those early stages absolutely I think that's absolutely brilliant advice and I think it's truthful <laughs> as well yeah. and um yeah, I've got a I've got a sort of free ebook that I put on my website just to help people that are in those early stages to 
just try to lay out what they can expect. And one of the first couple of paragraphs is about managing expectations. Don't expect too much too soon. Don't expect it to be easy, except it will be hard work. It will be difficult. It will be uncomfortable. But everything worth achieving is worth fighting for, right? So um, I think that's just just such good honest advice and I, I I really appreciate it and I love that as well don't be ashamed of it and that's that's something that I I will hold my hand up and say every now and then only in particular situations I feel still feel a stab of I suppose it's shame I, I don't know but I'm so proud that I don't drink and all my friends and family know that I don't drink and and they know I'm proud and I love it but in the situation, in the mummy wine culture thing with new uh, people like my children's WhatsApp group mums that are all talking about, let's go out for drinks. Let's meet each other and get wine and get, I avoid those because I think I, I can't bring myself to have those conversations with people that I don't know. And because I know that those people are not there where I used to be, quite a lot of them. Um, and, and they're not where I am now. And I know that I, I just have this hang up that I would be unwelcome in that situation. So I just avoid them. To be honest, that's fine. I just accept that. And I think that's only in that specific situation that I that I feel it but you're you're absolutely right like I, I I've got nothing to feel ashamed of I think it's just um it's a culture thing I think with this whole mummy wine thing it's the, it's 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 the fabric that keeps you connected as mums and and it's something I don't I don't fit in that anymore um, it's, it's crazy and it, it is um you're right there is there is a cliche you know for a mum and and wine I mean we've got a you can't see it, but we've got a, a sign up that says, I love to cook with wine. Sometimes I even put it in the food with a mum, you know, staggering. <laughs> and that's, you're right. That's the thing. And, uh, you know, people joke about it. And I, I think almost it's, it's probably a little bit harder for, dare I say it, a mum to, to give up sometimes in that environment than it is for, you know, a dad or a man, perhaps. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. I, we all have our, our challenges, don't we? Because I also understand for a for a guy, especially a, a, a guy that's into football, let's say, for example, the World Cup's coming. Oh. It is a big thing. And I've got a chap reached out to me recently who has been asking for a bit of um, support and some tips and things on how to navigate the World Cup without alcohol because he doesn't want to break his, you know, early sobriety and what a difficult thing to do because beer and football and world cups and you know big tournaments that is a thing isn't it best buddies don't they and, and you know what I, I take back what I've just said because actually that's 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 going to be hard and uh, you know I go to football a lot and uh, initially I would say you know to friends I can't go you know I won't mm-hmm. go because I can't yeah. I couldn't I couldn't put the two together yeah. Um, without without because I'd go and get smashed and actually yeah. I, I wouldn't see the game you know yes. um, I've been to many games where I've just walked out half time and just gone you know and disappeared you know in a pub or whatever and yeah. had to be um, you know get home somehow yeah but yeah drinking and football is going to be very tricky but I think I'm ready for it um, yeah and like you say you've got a great boundary there and I think that's 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 nice to hear because that's kind of a bit like what I was saying I'm not really okay so it would be nice to meet some of those mums that they're my child's 
friends mums and that would be nice to strike a connection but I I know my limits and I know where I'm going to fit in and where I'm not and I also I mean for me I know that I, I wouldn't go to those I wouldn't go to those events and feel worried about the fact I wouldn't drink I, I for, for me now I'm absolutely rock solid in my no drinking and I I've got past a, a lot of that but it's just I just know I wouldn't fit in really in that situation so I just avoid it but that's okay isn't it I mean that's okay it's about knowing where you fit and where you don't and also um you 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 probably will get to a point where you can do all of those events and just be like laughing at your mates who are all drunk and you won't be um, yeah. but maybe yeah. that's not yeah and that's also um, okay it's good it's good it's good boundaries I think you think you're right as you say it's a case maybe that's just not where I fit in because actually the truth is I'd go to these things not to watch the football because I never did yeah. watch the football yeah. I'd go to get drunk um, yes. so that's just something that's now has changed and I'm quite happy to watch the football at home on the telly um, yeah. and maybe one one day I'll go back but actually it's a pain going it's hard yeah. to get there it's travel and you know yeah. the only thing that got me there and back was the fact that I was smashed the whole way so yeah getting drunk yeah who, who do you support? I'm a Brighton fan uh-huh. okay. um, but honestly, I just love football. Uh, yeah. I'm in a house of lots of young ladies and uh, who all hate football. So I'm. Oh, do they? <laughs> they hate it. Absolutely. So uh, I'm the sole football fan. Are you? Yeah, no, we, we, we like football. My husband's big, big football. He's Bournemouth, so we're rivals, oh, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> we're rivals, yeah, yeah. We've got Sadie. She's a junior cherry, so she's. You should have said it at the start. We wouldn't have done this. I know. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry about that um oh george That's it's been awkward. it's been no it's not yeah it's been it's been such a pleasure um if you're open to um us following your journey where can we find you so i am oh god what is my instagram handle i'll tell you bear with me is it the fantastic Mix, Mr. Cox. The fantastic Miss, Mr. Cox. The yes. fantastic dot, Mr. Dot Cox. See yes. you have to get that right. You know, I'll spend my life telling people how to spell my surname. Um, it's C-O-X, Cox. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. That oh. went straight over there my head. There, <laughs> there we go, look. Yeah. Oh, funny. Um, George, it's been great. Thanks for being so brave and open and honest. Um uh, I'm sure it will help so many people. So, yeah, thanks for making the time I, for me today. I hope, I hope so. But honestly, I've said it before, i say it again. You know, without people like you, I wouldn't be doing this 100%. I mean that. Um, you know, you're a huge inspiration, you know, very relatable. Um, you're going through things that I've been through and are going through. So what you're doing is fantastic and just keep doing it. All right? Don't you make me cry. No, that true. Me. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's lovely. And thank you to everybody else. We hope you enjoyed it and we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, please contact me directly on Instagram by sending a message to at Sassy Sober Mum. You can also find helpful tools and resources on my website, sassysobermum.com. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to spread the love, please like, share and rate the podcast. I really look forward to next time. See you then.